Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast. This is Straight White Whale, episode 40. That is absolutely mental. Nearly as old as Paul. Fuck you, man. Because <laughs> Paul's on. dead old. Oh, <laughs> old bastard. Look at me, 35 year old. I know. Well, you're younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'd already had my first joint and <laughs> every time you come out, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I look, I mean, nobody knows what you look like, but I look like a fucking horrifying goblin compared to you. Anyway, let's get into the, the sponsorship. <laughs> Paul just dropped his phone there, just in case anybody's uh, wondering what that noise was. It wasn't a homeless crackhead trying to break into the podcast studio. Anyway, sponsorship. <laughs> Today, we are sponsored by the Zen Den in Glasgow. If you don't know where the Zen Den in Glasgow is, the information will pop up on the screen below. It's done where the Paddy's Market used to be at the Shamwarma King. Yep. Finally, I got it right. The Zen Den is a vegan, stoner, dog-friendly cafe. It's very good. It's run by a guy called Joe, and you can get your vitamin D, nootropics, face creams, bath bombs. You can also get cans of juice, which are 33 milligrams of CBD, and it's a bit buzzy, man. I've had a can before, and it kind of felt like a beer, but perfectly legal. You know, you can buy CBD in Asda, all that type of stuff. I forgot to pick up my CBD today, but I've got Orange County CBD. I'm using Lion Men's Nootropics, and I really enjoy it. I feel an improvement in my physical well-being, and I feel a sharpness in my kind of, you know, just doing work and emails and stuff. I feel better. It kind of feels like I'm I'm drinking a Red Bull, but with all the shit in it. Mm -hmm. So get yourself down to the Zen Den. And if you go in and you want to buy something, tell them uh, it's because you listen to my podcast. And then maybe they can sponsor us again. So, have you been in yet? No, mate. No? I need to go in. I could covertly go in and be like, oh, I watched Darren Connell's <laughs> podcast and they sent me here. <laughs> Should sponsor it again, guys. And then they'll be like, I know that voice. I, I'm storing behind you with a fake moustache on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that to you. What? What's your podcast? I've never heard of a podcast before. Straight by well. No, you should stand behind me and go, me too. <laughs> I'm here because of Darren Connell's Straight White Whale podcast. My brother phoned us the other day and he was like, ah, which is B, uh, B, C, B, D shite? I was like, CBD. He's like, hey, what is it? Is it like fucking smacking it? So he's gone in on Saturday to buy CBD because he listens to the podcast. So there we go. That's nice. Does it actually? Aye. Aye, driving him for work. Did he ever say anything about you, like, talking about your family? And... He agrees, to be honest. Aye, good. Aye, aye. Aye. He's, okay. he's with me. He's the good brother. The other two are cunts. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working through that with a therapist right now. By the way, I'll give Brothers in Arms a shout-out. I do. I give them a shout-out every podcast. Um, Brothers in Arms are a suicide prevention charity that help with mental health, mostly for young guys, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Paul works with them as well. Paul does a podcast with them. It's a good team of people. There's an app available as well. So if you're struggling, if you feel like you need help, if you've got a family member 
that you feel needs help, maybe you could push them towards Brothers in Arms. Back on side are an amazing charity also. Um, I use them for therapy and I feel amazing. And that's why I was going to say I feel fucking amazing, by the way. I've been doing therapy for, I don't know, what is it, 10 weeks or something maybe? Right. And I feel amazing, mate. Like, right. literally, I could be an advert for therapy right now. I wake up in the morning and I don't want to die. Get a therapist. <laughs> what type of therapy are you doing? Uh, are they getting you to do anything? Cold water therapy. Hey, come <laughs> on, baby. Come. <laughs> um, is it, no, like, are they getting you to do anything between sessions or are you just going in and sort of chatting and letting stuff out? General chat. I think she's very good at asking specific questions that open things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no like techniques or anything, but I feel I feel really good, mate. That's good, mate. I feel almost like. Do you ever feel like sometimes I'm walking down the street and I'm like, I'm ha- I'm like happy mm-hmm. and I'm listening to music and I'm happy and I'm like, this can't be right. Mm-hmm. If I get fucking crippling bipolar or something, like it's just weird. But uh, feeling happy? Aye. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying like I'm pure depressed or anything, but I don't know. I just feel like I've got a spring in my step. I feel good. No, that's good, mate. I like that. Um, And I, maybe it's just a strange feeling. Yeah. I've not felt it in a while. You know? Aye, because I'm not getting these invasive thoughts. Like, I want to kill my dad with a hammer. Or when I see a bus coming down the street, I'd say, oh, I might step out in front of that. Right, aye. Well, if he's got squad, everybody. <laughs> Badum. Hi, comedy. Um, <laughs> comedy wise, um, I'm going to punt the gig on Sunday. We are back at the Stand Comedy Club for Darren Connell and the Funny Bunch. We've got a brand new lineup of stand up comedians. We've got Scott Agnew, my dearest friend. Um, he is also my tour support. He's going to be gigging there on Sunday. We've got a midsection of um, a, a lady called Amanda Horsey. Oh, Amanda's brilliant, mate. Yes, do you know her? Aye, mate. Um, she supported Gary at the Armadillo. What, did she? Yeah, and then she did uh, Chrissy Rossi's New Material Night at the Admiral. I love Amanda. She's brand new, isn't she? Aye, mate. Aye, looking forward to that. She's one of the troops. 100%, mate. I had one comedian booked in the middle, but he can't make it. So I'm trying to get somebody else. How long for? What type of set? 10, 20 minutes. I would... Ross Daly. Ross Daly. Do you know Ross? Yes, I know Ross. I went to see Ross at Tenants on Monday night, mate, and he was he was great, man. He did 20 minutes, I think. It was the first time he'd ever done 20 minutes. Wow. Um, So he was, like, you know, on edge and, you know... He, Nervous. Aye, but he went up and... um, No offence to anybody else that did Tenants on um Monday night, but other than the compere, who's the guy that runs the night and every week, he was... One of the only ones that came across as a genuine comedian. Like, he yeah. looked like a pro. He sounded like a pro. He acted like, and, and the jokes were funny. So, if, I would hit Ross up, man. Ross Daly, I'm going to take. I know Ross. I've gigged with Ross before. I'm just going to note that down because um, my brain is crippled with ecstasy abuse. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be walking down the road going, I'm just feeling nice and happy, but I'll fucking hate book this comedian for fucking Aye. Sunday night. Paul's um, like that, Dan. Um, your showing sounds uh early dementia, mate. You're slurring your speech. You can't pronounce words properly. Um, get to the Royal Infirmary. Uh, 
what the fuck was I talking about there? The gig? <laughs> aye, so you're, you're, aye, you were saying uh, get everybody along to Darren Connell and the Funny Bunch? Yes, because the headliner is the one and only Gary Little. Amazing Gary Little. Gary's fucking fantastic. Yes. Mate. So I'm looking forward to Sunday. I I can't wait. I'm excited. And Paul's going to be there as well. Are you okay for filming? Absolutely, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much, mate. Um, that is appreciated. I was gigging at Kamarnock on Saturday mm -hmm. at the Kamarnock Palace Theatre. I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago if you'd like to film that as well. Did you? Did I? No. I, th I thought I did. No. Well, the only one that I know that we're definitely doing is we'll run more. Aye. So I thought I asked you for Kamarnock, but the week before it, I only sold 12 tickets because of that fucking cowboy promoter. Mm -hmm. And... On the night, I had about 40 odd people in, and I was like, bastard, I wish I said to Paul. That's brilliant, man. That's I, great. It, it was, was a good. cap, like 50 or something like that, like 60. Um, it was a smaller room, I think it was about 60. Right, that's so great, man. It was good, mate. How was the night? It was, it was good fun. I think a lot of people didn't know what they were expecting. They just see <laughs> a Betty White poster. <laughs> with my face over Betty White. It says, thanks for being my friend. There's no really... I think they're coming to see a drag act or something. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> Maybe, so... mate. If they were on more, you need to dress up as Betty White. <laughs> Aye, I will. I will. And see, the thing is, I've got a big section on Betty White. It's a joke. Right. But she fucking died about four months ago. So kids can't really remember it. But I think that makes it funny. So... Uh, but a good I... night on Saturday, was it? It was a good night. Scott, mm -hmm. I knew... Scott Agnew is incredible, man. I love Scott Agnew. I don't mm -hmm. understand comedians that book comedians that are no good. Like, I think a lot of comedians will mm -hmm. book someone and think, right, they're no funnier than me. No. I believe in myself. I'm, I believe that I'm capable of putting on a good show. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter who I get as my support act. Mm -hmm. I get Scott Agnew because I love Scott Agnew. He's a good person, but he's also funny as fuck and seeing saturday night mate he went up i said i mean i'm very laid back i just said do whatever you want i mean it's 20 minutes but you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. he went up and he did 30 minutes and he fucking smashed it mm -hmm. and i was like that is amazing i need to also be on my a game as well ah, right, but aye. then it makes me fucking better as a aye. comedian i think what you're talking about i've heard other comedians talk about this and and saying like for instance a comedian that um i know um I said to them one time, I think they were saying, Oh, I'm gonna need to look for a support or some show. And I was like, Why don't you say to Darren Connell? Comes in, does a podcast. I think at the time you, you hadn't booked your tour and you were like, I'm maybe gonna look to get back on stage. And they were like, I love Darren, but too good. Oh. And I was like, Right, okay. And I was and I said to them, like, how? And they were just like, it just throws me off, man. Like, see if my support act goes up and fucking smashes it out of the park. They yeah. tell me a story about another comedian. And obviously I'm no naming names, so they, they went up as their support and smashed it and then walked backstage and went beat that. Aye. And I think that's not right. If somebody gives you the opportunity to support, yeah. you shouldn't be like going, ah, fuck you, go and, go and try and beat my set. <laughs> it's funny I mean? you should say that because me and Scott Agnew had that conversation on Saturday. Right. I think, because at the end of the day I'm paying them, right? It's a paid gig. Mm -hmm. So when I've been the support for someone... I'll still go, I mean, that's an amazing compliment, by the way. That makes me feel very happy that that person said that. Mm -hmm. But 
I would still go up and try my hardest to smash it, but I wouldn't be like, haha, get it up, yeah. I'd be like, I'm putting on a good show for your event. I'm part of the team here. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be better than you. Right. Uh, I think like when Chrissy, big Chrissy Ross supports Gary, Chrissy goes up and does his shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's no holding back, but, and, and he smashes it. Yeah. But he's no, he knows that he's there to support Gary. He knows what he's there to do. He's there to warm up the crowd. He's not going backstage and then saying to Gary, like, I fuck you, what, what I've just done. He goes back and he's like, the room's like this. Yeah. This guy's here, like, you know, there's a good pair. I think there's a couple of people here that would be good to interact with and stuff. Yeah. I think that's really good because he's, oh, he's going up, he's doing his best. He's funny. But then he's also saying to Gary, here's what to watch out for. It's a good crowd or they're a bit rowdy and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they're supporting each other. And then before Gary goes on stage, all that Chrissy's doing is going, you'll smash it, mate. You'll smash it. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. So I, I like that dynamic yeah. when you're fucking helping each other. It's very much a, a team effort. And like, aye. But I, I wouldn't pay the cunt. See, <laughs> see if somebody said that to me. They were like, I'd beat that. I'd be like, I'd beat that. Aye, you're fucking walking in for the gig again, you fucking prick. Beat and you're not getting fucking paid. Aye, man. Fucking. Scott on on Sunday? Scott is on on um, Sunday. He's opening. I've never seen Scott before, mate. Aye, Scott's um, fucking I've had him in the room on a podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Scott Gay? Yes. Right, aye. I've had him in. Uh, he did uh, the Wharton WC podcast and had a, had a ball with him. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing you stand up. Which is a first for Paul, because Paul tells me when we're not filming that he doesn't like gay people in the studio. I know, so. mate. I know. <laughs> it really, it really ground my gears that I had to <laughs> Obviously, that's a joke. Aye, Don't mate, cut that up and fucking on, put man. it on. I am totally anti-homophobic, mate. Fuck's sake, I got that. My, my cousin came out as gay when I think I was 12. Um, and... I don't know what age he was, 18 or something like that. And uh, I was sitting playing FIFA. So I had like this wee cupboard that had like my telly and my games console in it. Aye. I was sitting playing FIFA. My dad came in and he was basically like, look, your cousin's coming for Christmas. It was Christmas Day. Your cousin's coming for Christmas dinner and he's bringing his boyfriend. And I spun around on like a computer chair, 12 year old, and went, what? That's <laughs> disgusting. And my dad just backhanded me and went, don't you ever fucking talk like... Just like okay, Good. so I uh, I literally got this slapped at me. To oh, homophobia yeah. slapped at me. I was a wee dick, mate. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I think I I'm, I wasn't homophobic. It was just that whole culture. I was a Ned and at school, and if somebody had to come out as gay at my school, mate, they'd get fucking ridiculed. So yeah. I just thought, what? And my dad literally just gave me a wee. Psh, and went, don't you ever fucking talk like that? Okay, taught you a life lesson. Absolutely, mate. Sometimes you can be poisoned by your surroundings, but no. You're a man. You're 40. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 40. Um, right, so what's been happening in the world? I've got subjects wrote down. Um, we're going to get into it. Before we get into it, I always like to ask you, how has your week been? It's been good, mate. Um, I've done, I'm not going to lie, man. Like I didn't do myself any favours. Regarding? Um, eh? Regarding? Work. Oh, right, I had right. a couple of like big edits. I had a I had a audio book and I had um a couple of like big podcasts um that I had to edit and I was just procrastinating on them and la from Wednesday last week 
till yesterday was basically like crunch time. I think sometimes I need that. Like I need that pressure to be like, right, let's get this fucking done. Um, but definitely for next time, I'm not going to do that, man. Like I've been stressed out my fucking box. Been waking up, waking up at like half five every morning. Like I'm just going to work because I need to get through this shit. So um, it's been an interesting week for me. Been yeah. quite stressed out by um, just my own doing though. Take responsibility for it. I have absolutely been procrastinating on stuff. Yeah. Um, but I got it done. I was happy. I felt that pure sense of relief. It's just funny because I I was always I was like, ah, oh, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. But then I didn't realise that it was building up subconsciously. And then as soon as it was done, I was like, oh, Yeah. Can relax. Um so I it's been a stressful week because I didn't like take a day or two out the diary. So I had a full diary and I was gonna aim at night and doing these big edits which were stressing me out. So you it's, need a day off, mate. It's done now. It's done now. And um, I'm happy. Good. Do you know I think it's mental sometimes? You're like, I've got a podcast studio. Do you ever feel surreal about that? Nah, it's became very, very normal for me. And it, there's something that I write down every... I try and write down or be mindful way every day that I'm very fucking lucky that I get to do what I do every day and I don't need to go to an office or I don't need to go to a workplace. I don't need to put up with fucking assholes if I don't want to. I can choose who I work with. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for it, but no, it's no surreal. It's it's like hyper normalization of like an amazing situation where it's just kind of like goes unnoticed now. Amazing, mate. So I just need to be like every day gratitude. Do you write? That. Do you write about me in your diary? Because I've got you in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to your therapist about me. That's fucking cunt. Um, <laughs> No, you're represented in what I just said there. I get to choose who I work with, and I'm very fucking lucky that I don't need to work with people that I don't like. I get to work with people that I like. So you're part of that. So I, yeah, you're in my journal. Thank you very much, mate. You're in my wank bank as well. Yeah, I'm. You know, have you ever seen Bully Madison when he crosses the death list? The name after death list. <laughs> That's what I've just done in my diary there. <laughs> Paul loves me. I love him back now. <laughs> 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 have you got a list a uh, hit list uh-huh. aye, aye. i'm very hypersensitive mate somebody mm-hmm. could chew their fucking sandwich too loud and i'd be like please die please fucking choke in your sandwich mm-hmm. die wouldn't it be the la- wouldn't it be the first time and i'm gonna say maybe a representation of you turning a corner with your mental health i've not had it recently but wouldn't it be the first time that somebody's dm me and gone why has darren stopped following me <laughs> and i'm like I don't know, what did you date pass them off on fucking, have, on social media? <laughs> have you had that more than once? Twice. Oh, really? Aye. Right, people well, like connect with me because you'll share, there's been a couple of times you'll be like, this is Paul and tag me, people follow me and then they'll be like, how come Dan's unfollowed me on social media? It's been a long time, but mate, it's been a very long time since that happened. I'm very hypersensitive and annoyed. I'll need to ask you who they are because I can't remember who it is, but. You've got to put them on your, uh, oh, 12 step list of like i need to apologize to this person mate somebody got in touch with me recently and was like why did you stop talking to me and i was like ah i don't know man i was living during lockdown my head was fried like i can't even remember i wish i could give you a reason but very hypersensitive easily depressed i mean not for a long long time but that's my type of personality mm-hmm. i'll love you 100 as soon as you lip smack eating a sandwich or you look at me the wrong way die but i'm working through it <laughs> i'm working on this um anyway let's go to some of the subjects that i've wrote down one of the major things that we need to talk about 
is Cine World potentially closing down. Right. Do you know think that is mental? That that might be happening? Not really. But it's the cinema. I know, but I was talking to somebody about this. Like, Odeon, and I think somebody told me when we were talking about this, what's the one in Colt Bridge? The Showcase? Yes. I love a showcase, mate. I saw the eye. But they have both went for this different sort of business strategy of like luxury cinema going, like an experience. And Cineworld is just stood fucking still. And also, looks like the IMAX is closed. That was Cineworld. That was a Cineworld. Gunter, I think. Where's the IMAX again? It is used that... to be at the Science Centre. It's not oh, there anymore. No way. Right. I never knew that. That shut down after lockdown. Fuck. So, and also the prices are fucking ridiculous to sit in an uncomfortable seat for two hours. And I think that the world is changing. Things like Disney, you know, you could, if I had the choice of going to see a release on a Friday night or waiting to the Monday morning and streaming it in the comfort of my own home for the same price, I would be picking the house because you can cook a meal. You could order an Uber Eats, mate. Mm-hmm. And you could get anything that you want, and you don't need to pay fucking eight quad for a hot dog or like six quad for some popcorn or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not that surprised. I don't remember the last time I went to the cinema and it was actually fucking busy either. Do you know, since you put it that way, I, I can understand, but I think I, I've got a romanticized version of the cinema. Right. It just makes me a wee bit sad. But I, I, if I did have the option of getting an uber eats and watching it in the house i probably would pick mm. that option uh but my first year of sobriety i went to the cinema fucking five six times a week sometimes twice a day mate i just went all the time and right. it was amazing it was mm. so good i had a big thing in my head as well see when you're early sobriety and your head's fucking fried mm-hmm. i thought um god everybody's gonna think i'm a weird though gone to the cinema by myself no it was fucking amazing mate going to the cinema by yourself mm-hmm. i went last week actually to see after the news i was like fuck it i'll go and it was like what'd you go and see uh you know the jordan peele one nope uh-huh right i did you enjoy it do you know it was quite disappointing no disappointing i think because he made that before lockdown what did he and i love horror so i've been waiting over two years to watch that film and you're right <laughs> sneezing mate i'm trying not to sneeze down the, the mic i might have another one in me nah, i'm all right i think to visually see that there i thought you were going to burst out green um <laughs> i can't believe that I, you don't like it and shit. no i think it was enjoyable right. i did enjoy it but i was just let down a wee bit it didn't there was a lot of bits to it that didn't really make sense right i think he's probably got a stage a stage of his career that he's believing his own shite no maybe just hit a wee bit of fucking a plateau in his creativity jenkins uh expectation like because everything that that guy's done has been pretty fucking good yes um up to this point do you think that there's been because everybody that I've seen on, on Twitter or whatever that was kind of saying a similar sort of thing, it's, it's all right, it's disappointing. They were all sort of like comparing it to his other work. And I don't know if he's maybe a victim of his own success. So I suppose if I was going to ask a question around that, would it be that if that was somebody that you didn't know, if you didn't know that was a Jordan Peele movie and you went in just sort of going, I've got no idea what this movie's about, would it be quite as disappointing? 
It was enjoyable. No. I would say it wasn't amazing and it wasn't awful. It was right. seven out of ten. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Great cast as well. Very original story. He's got that British guy that's like he's Leonardo DiCaprio, isn't he? That he's in everything. Like Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Hi. <laughs> the Black Leo. <laughs> Good title for the podcast, mate. <laughs> Take a note of that. Hi. Aye, so it was good, but you were right, it was fucking empty. I got a free drink as well. They give you a free drink. Oh, really? Never seen that before. Where did you go? Uh, Cine World Renfrew Street. Aye, the big one. Aye. I um, always remember when I used to go there all the time, there was a, somebody that worked there that was always a cheeky cunt. Some of the staff in there were horrible bastards. Aye, they're not but, a good company to work for, I don't think. Yeah. Feel bad for them. <clears throat> no, it's thousands of people yet again, you know what I mean? Do we need more fucking redundancies and jobs going but i think that i mean odin at the key it's half the capacity to put in these big massive like loungy seats if i was going to go and and since the imax shut if i'm going to the cinema i'm going to the odin at the key i stay in town yeah so i could walk five minutes down to cine world or i could get a uber or walk half an hour to the key and i would go to the key because you can fucking lie down aye fuck's aye. sake it's an actual good experience it's no your feet's fucking sticking to the flare and cunts are cheeky and you're you're actually getting like a, a good experience i was gutted man <clears throat> see the joker film uh-huh. uh, see when that came out mm-hmm. i was genuinely excited and when i went um there was a guy snapchatting bits here and it was just like the bright light of his phone fucking ruined the experience i was like what a prick man been waiting for that film for a year i mean i've seen it seven times in the cinema but <laughs> did you the first time he ruined it i went to see that seven times mate right in the cinema is that like do you think that that sort of qualifies you as a diagnosis for a schizophrenia or something like that? i think there's something there there's people something. with people with poor mental health loved that fucking movie mate i think it was like relatable on like many levels yeah of stuff no extreme not the extreme that they portrayed in the movie mm-hmm. i think a lot of people related to how Joachim, I love saying that name, Joachim Phoenix portrayed that character, I think people related to it. I, I mean, I look, was incredible here, on it as well. he was a struggling stand-up comedian with an eating disorder that still stayed with his family. Uh, yeah, I relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, they've stole my life! Hi. The fucking pricks. You're saying that you're nostalgia for the cinema, what's your first and best cinema memory? My very first ever cinema memory i'm sure i went to see casper that rings a bell right i remember f- that the first casper movie mm-hmm. right in jurassic park the first jurassic park right that, that's there i'm sure i went with my one of my brother's girlfriends and it was amazing um what's your favorite my favorite it was a family one i, I went to see lord see lord of the rings right my f- my mum and my dad and all that loved lord of the rings right like back in the day it used to be a cartoon and it was really shite it was a shitey cartoon mm-hmm. and then we went to see peter jackson's lord of the rings first me, one i fellowship me my mum my dad uh my brother my brother's mate proper right. like family go it right. i've never really had that before with my family aye and we aye. went to the cinema and it was like amazing right I remember getting severe cramp in my leg and my dad just fucking 
grabbed my thigh. He's like, ah, just breathe. He just like he was he went into like physio mode. He was like, it's all right, it's all right, just breathe. Just grabbed the fucking and he just twisted it and I was like, ah the fucking was going for four and a half hours, fuck's sake. Cunts like three bros behind you, like, what's that cunt doing to that boy? (laughs) (laughs) Just breathe and you're going, ah um fucking I went to see the fellowship of the rings pushed. It was not a good idea, (laughs) man. It was just, I fell asleep what an hour I know. It was just bored at my nut. Because well, yeah. it's not the type of movie that you want to watch fucking steaming drunk. Yeah. You know what I mean? But my first memory was I went to see Masters of the Universe at the cinema that is now, uh, like, well, it's now Classic Grand. Next I never knew that was a cinema. I used to be a cinema, mate. Wow. It was an MGM. Uh, and I went to see Masters of the Universe through the Dolph Lundgren He-Man movie. Aye, aye. Uh, I went to see that. And um, that's my first memory of the cinema. And my best, is, well, my favourite memory, it's no like my best, like um, we went to see The Phantom Menace. So me and my dad, I'm mental for Star Wars, mate. Yeah. And my, me and my dad, it was like a bonding thing, like Christmas time, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back. So I fucking loved Star Wars. We went to see The Phantom Menace and it would that come out in 99? Yeah. So I was 14, I think. It's a sunny day, remember. We went to the cinema at the Forge, watched The Phantom Menace, and I came out and I was like, my dad was like, what did you think? And I was pure, it's the best movie I've ever seen. And my dad just burst out laughing when I was a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a bit deluded because he's just a wee guy. It was yeah. just pure, wow, you know, like Jedis and fucking lightsabers, just pure excited. And my dad was like, nah. That was, was that the one with Jar Jar Binks? Aye. Aye. The pod race and aye, the first one. That, that was pretty poor, that one, wasn't it? You know, as I go back and talk about that sort of like expectation thing, my girlfriend was, so she's 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And so she remembers the movies like I remember Return of the Jedi and uh, Empire Strikes Back. She's got like a nostalgia for them. Whereas I was like a teenager when they came out. So I sort of, other than The Phantom Menace, I was very much like, knew they were shite when I was watching them. Um, and we were doing the Machete Star Wars run. So watching it in an order that the fans are like, this is the actual story. So oh, you right. start with A New Hope and then you go back and do two and three. And then you go back and Empire Strikes Back and he's Darth Vader and all that sort of stuff don't remember the order but she was like can you find a place to slot because they're like don't watch the phantom menace but she was like can you find a place to slot the phantom menace in because i love it i was like oh fuck it's terrible and i've fuck that man and she was like no go on in. i was like all right we watched the phantom menace i was like it's not that bad yeah i think it's because i went into it going this is fucking shite i don't even want to be watching this and then you're like hoffing her in and the pod race is fucking incredible yeah and the fight at the end with darth maul and he's one of my favourite Star Wars characters. And Ray Park was from Glasgow, the guy that played Darth Maul. Really? I mate. Martial arts expert for Glasgow. Holy mate, that that's a fucking pub quiz question, that by the way. Right. Who oh. else did they play again? X-Men, the th- sort of frog guy in X-Men. I did not know that. See the first X-Men movie? Aye, aye. There's like the baddies like jumping about, sticking to the walls and stuff like that. That's Ray Park guy. He was a martial wow. arts expert for Glasgow. Wow. I'm going to Google him later on, see what he's up to. 
see if he's still uh-huh. kicking a ball. Aye. God, that is, I mean, I can't think of any films off the top of my head, but I've had that and all, like, you know how Blade, uh, Blade, Blade Free mm-hmm. with Triple H, everybody's like, that's pure shit, that mm-hmm. one, with Ryan Gosling. Uh-huh. I watched it recently, I'm like, that's what I hate. Ryan Reynolds? Uh, aye. Aye, aye, Ryan aye. I was going to say, Ryan Gosling, about fucking 12 in that movie. <laughs> aye. <clears throat> People just think it's shit. Triple H. Aye. Fuck's sake, man. He, I think he pedigreed on that. Do <laughs> no you think a WWE WWF wrestler being in a movie is like a kiss of death for the movie? I must die. <laughs> the sign of a shite movie. I'm like, here, mate, did you just pedigree a vampire? <laughs> and <laughs> who would do that move anyway in real life other than the wrestling <laughs> ring? You know what I mean? Hi, I imagine that you're walking down an alley in a vampire jumpsuit and you're trying to get a rock bottom. <laughs> I've seen that in rock films and all, by the way. Aye, uh, does it in the Scorpion King? I'm sure Aye. he gives somebody a fucking rock bottom, does he know? A mummy? <laughs> Mate, I need to put my phone on fucking aeroplane mode. It's buzzing away there, sorry. Mental. Um, did you ever engage with any of the like late 80s, early 90s Hulk Hogan cameo appearances other than Thunderlips and Rocky Three, which I think is probably his most famous? Do you know, what's the one... When he was on a speedboat, um, I was going to, I was thinking Thunder Road there, but it's no, it's no that, it's no Thunder Road. I'll um, be honest with you, I've never really been a big fan of him. I did enjoy the Rocky film, brother. Hey, yeah. brother. Um, let me look at you. That's IMDb. another one that gets slaughtered, by the way. But what, that Rocky was a, Three. That was a good one. Man. Rocky Three is a fucking great movie. Fuck, cunts that say Rocky, mate. Mr. T's the fucking man. <laughs> I love that sentence that you just said there. Fuck cunts that say Rocky free shite. Like it's a pure, it's a hang. Oh, but no, listen, <laughs> I've got nostalgia for Rocky three. Yeah. I, I was, I watched them retrospectively as a kid. I wasn't like kicking up. I wasn't like conscious when Rocky three came out, like what, 86 or something like that. I was like fucking three, four year old. So I watched them on TV as a young guy and see, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4. Uh-huh. Mate, get, get them on. Yeah. The fucking montages are incredible. Aye, they're amazing. Right, let's have a look at um, Hulk Hogan's IMDb. He's in a 2022 cartoon called Camp WWE. No way. Um, but let's go back and... Um, this might be extensive because it looks like IMDb are fucking... He's in the American version uh, of The Inbetweeners. That's amazing. Um, Supposedly, he's got a big knob. Did a porno with his daughter's best pal? Well, he didn't do a porno like that. That got leaked. That's yeah. how his his missus found out he was having an affair, didn't he? I don't think it. I'm not sure. I'm gonna look that up and have a wink to that later. But um, I saw my <laughs> to these film we'll channels. each other while we're. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Thunder in Paradise. Aye, that's it. 1994. Ralph J. Hurricane Spencer. That's the name of his character. But my favourite of Hulk Hogan's uh, movies is not Mr. Nanny. It's the Suburban Commando. Why? Where he plays the alien and it's got Christopher Lloyd, Doc, out of Back to the Future. No in way, it. man. It's actually What's no it called again? Suburban Commando. Suburban Commando. It's got The Undertaker in it. Do you know that rings a bell, mate? There's a scene in it that's really famous. It was in a trailer, so I've got it pure and printed where... He goes up and he's like, what are these? And it's watermelons. And the woman goes, 
you squeeze them, he know that they're ripe, and he like he explodes in his horns because he's supposed to be like this super strong alien or whatever. Fucking brilliant! Aye, I'm gonna watch that. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite of the Rocky movies? Uh, God, I watched them at the start of the podcast. I remember I just get deja vu. Did a marathon? I binged them. Obviously, the first one must be just it's just incredible so original rocky one is a good movie like cinematic script performances it's an actual good movie mm-hmm. but rocky 2 something shifts it's the 80s and it's all sort of like i don't know there's a mon- there's montage there's sports cars there's fucking tigers it's- is that the one with the robot no that's rocky 4 rocky 4 where he goes to russia fights ivan drago and brings down communism well, what's your favourite one? Rocky Four, mate, I think. Rocky Four. Aye. I like the one that when he's old and he's working in the restaurant and he comes out of a fight. Balboa. Yeah. I thought that was good. He gets beat but didn't he? Yeah. But very realistic. And mm-hmm. the one with Tommy Gunn was a fucking belter or not. Did you like that? Aye, I liked him. Right. Cheesy shit. Aye. You don't know what you're doing with me no more. <laughs> you're worth 400 million, mate. Uh, it's the bit in the, the basement where the guy Tommy's fighting and he's like hitting the fucking punch bag, doing the same moves and that, and you're just like, oh, that's a bit cringe. Um, and, I, and I hated that guy, like that Tommy Gunn guy. He's dead. Yes. Unfortunately. I didn't like that they killed off Adrian and yeah. Balboa because I think oh, I'm going to murder her name, Kyra Shai. I think she's still alive. Like, why the fuck did they fucking... Maybe she didn't want to be in the movie. Who knows? Who maybe. Knows? He's coming out in a new film. He's a superhero, which I was a bit disappointed in. It was a... I thought it was like a vigilante type of thing. Right. He's a vigilante superhero. And I'm like, oh, fuck off, man. I'm getting really bored of superhero superhero stuff, mate. Aye, Marvel's just tired as... We'll get, like, superhero fatigue. Aye. They? They've Aye. milked it fucking dry, mate. Like, it's... I hope they don't do that with Star Wars, man. I really hope that they don't, like, start making utter fucking drivel. Hunters of spin-offs and all that. Aye, like, man. Fucking he's a break, man. I think that, unfortunately, maybe the Marvel will be the blueprint for a lot of these franchises going forward that will be this multi-platform, multiverse idea that they'll start to bring into it. Marvel's still producing some incredible shit, mate. The last Spider-Man movie was fucking great. Yeah. But it's the dr- the other shit that goes along with it where you're like, this is fucking crap, man. I'm like, fuck Marvel. He's another basket case four. Come on. Low budget. Did you watch it? No, mate. Oh. I've no time, man. Honestly, it's the fucking work. It's honestly... Mate, I, I mean, I don't blame you. See, if you watched it, you'd be like, I can't believe I've took a break from my self-employed life to watch a fucking mutant in a basket. Fair enough. It's all right. How long have we done? 40 minutes, mate. 40 minutes, baby. Yeah, baby. Um, I need to come clean with you as well. I think I know what you're going to say. What? Cigars? Yeah. You should read me like a book. I've seen your post, seen your story on Instagram last night, what, what Popeye. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I think that's a compliment that I just paid you there. You resemble Robin Williams <laughs> in the Popeye movie. Thank you very and, much. And I mean, how do I mean that by a compliment? Um, I think Robin Williams is one of the best expressive comedy actors ever to live. 
And I think that you've got that, mate. Me and my missus were talking about this after your uh, Funny Bunch, last Funny Bunch show. Um, I was like, you're a very visual comedic actor. Thank you very much, mate. I truly am touched by that. That means a lot. So tell me about the cigars. Time um, for therapy. What? <laughs> Time for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I posted it last night and I was like, fuck, Paul's going to see that. If Paul doesn't see it, your girlfriend will see it and she'll grasp me. But there was just something disgusting about it last night. I've, I normally enjoy them all the time. And last night, I just, I don't know what it was. I was just like, that is fucking vile. And I was like, obviously finished my last four after that. But never, <laughs> never again. I'm like, Did you smoke nah. five cigars last Aye, night? I smoked. Uh, I'm not chucking them in the bin. How no? Because I can't aim it canny i'm just like finish it off um but it was fucking disgusting mate i had a weird sweaty like a mad sweat like it just didn't feel good mm -hmm. i'm glad that you had that experience last night yeah but mate why are you smoking five cigars i know see i know <laughs> the flat must be <laughs> fucking stinking as well man after you fucking smoked I'm, them i'm hanging out the window oh are you all right free right. up What's that? Free up. Free up. <laughs> Mental, ain't it? Oh, mate. Other oh, rank, mate. You've come in here a couple of, no, no any time recently. Just, I think maybe once when you've put the cigar out outside and you've come in here, mate, and it just, it gives me the dry bolt one. That was early podcast ah, days. Very much so. Before the, the, before the hair even grew back. I'm chain smoking cigars outside the podcast studio. Just to pluck up the courage to come in and speak on mic. Aye. Getting that nicotine buzz. I'm sober. It's all right. What are you doing smoking cigars? You're 30 fucking five, you idiot. Cigar smoking for like young? Or you mean another way? You need to be older? Aye, you need to be. Well, you know, like an old man. It's an old man's game, isn't it? <clears throat> Aye, man. I don't know how these dudes sit and smoke these stogies mm -hmm. and just sit and sort of like chew on it without it being lit and that, mate. Ugh. It's a spiritual experience when you do it properly. Is it? Yeah. You know how people at weddings, they smoke it when they're mad wet and stuff, and mm -hmm. then they spew? You don't do that. You smoke quarter of your cigar. You enjoy yourself. Take it in. Like Groucho Marx. I'm sorry, I know you hate me talking about Groucho <laughs> I don't hate you talking about Groucho Marx. I just find it interesting that you fucking talk about them all the time. <laughs> 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 what is it about Groucho Marx? I don't know that much about the Marx Brothers or Groucho Marx. I've never watched anything with them in it. That's enjoyable. Slapstick, isn't it? Slapstick, original kind of, they had a stage act that was in vaudeville for 30 years. And then when talkies came along, they made their first film called The Coconuts. And then they hit the ground running. They were fantastic because they had a stage act for 30 years. Then right. the exact same act. Right. It's, aye. Warren Hardy-esque. Yes. So they did, wasn't it? They were a stage act. Yep. In this city, no less. Yes. Um, they did a gig, the skinny one did a gig down at the Panopticon and down at the Trongate. I'm going to bastardize a story, right? But see, uh, an actor from Taggart, he knew that it was down there and mm -hmm. it was all bolted up and he get access to it. He walked through a casino one day, right? And he was like that. I know that there's a theater here. I just don't know where 
it is mm-hmm. and a worker in the casino was like ah there's a fucking secret doorway behind that puggy if you open it up you can go through and he opened it up and he found it and it was it lay there untouched for like a hundred years you get that place where you can go and get the tour done now yep right wow and it's a kind of Lorraine Hardy uh, museum. Ah, that's right. And I think it, they met there, mate. What? I think they met there. Really? I think so. Holy fuck. I think that show that they did, it was like the first time they'd ever met. Well, I did a gig there one night, right? Oh, really? I wasn't supposed to gig. They don't have a budget, right? And it's fucking random. They don't get any money. It's all kind of ticket sales through cinema stuff and all that. And... They were doing a comedy night one night, right? And Tom Yuri was the host. But it was like a kind of vaudeville show. So it was like drag acts. There was a couple of comedians, but they were shite. Pure shite, right? And I'm sitting there. And I I was sitting there with Tom's pal. And I've never witnessed. I was watching a fucking bin fire. It was a, a bin right. fire, mate. It was horrible. And at the break, Tom came up to us and he's like, ah, mate, can you please go up, man? Can you go up and do 20 minutes? Uh-huh. And I couldn't help but just cackle with laughter at the madness of it. There was a guy, there was a magician guy, right, that mm-hmm. went up. No, Tom's friend was gay, right? And plus it's a fucking comedian's night. Everybody's gay. There's actors there that are gay and all that. This magician's went up. No, I'm going to use offensive terminology here, right? He went up and it was like watching a Jim Davidson act. He was saying the term shirtlifters, all that right. type of shit. And we were like, what the fuck is happening? This is mental. So Tom was like, please go up and do 20 minutes. He stuck his own as a headliner. And it was so mental, like... Something was happening with health and safety, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. It was a fire hatch get fucked or something. Mm-hmm. And see the drag act that was there? She's there all the time. And do you know a drag act wears a skin suit before they put uh-huh. on a, uh-huh. their stuff? Mm-hmm. So the drag act went on stage, did her set, went off stage and started to get undressed. So he was just standing in the skin suit then something happened to the fire hatch and he was the only person that could fix it so during someone's set this drag act climbed up a set of ladders in a fucking skin suit and crawled along a balcony with like a hard hat on and the entire audience was just like looking up at this drag act like hanging off a fucking balcony and it was just mental mate like in a skin suit and then i went up and it was freezing it was cold i did 20 minutes i grabbed they've got a thing backstage it's just thousands of costumes like old school top hats and costumes and stuff so i just grabbed a costume stuck it on for a laugh went up and did 20 minutes and it was it was mental i mean i did well but the stage is all uneven and stuff and all damp all fucked i was all fucked so I think I opened with uh, Lauren Hardy done a gig on this stage and now you're getting a guy talking about Ekkies. So what a full for grace that was. <laughs> but have you ever been in? I have no, mate. You should go down, mate. Right, it's man, interesting. I want, I want to go and have a look at it, man. 
what one thing I noticed was the smell. It wasn't like off putting, but you're like, this smells old. I like um I've been in places that are like that where you go in and you're like, hmm, musty. Yes. You know, you're like, oof. So it smells like I'm gonna catch something in here. Hi. The plague. <laughs> the black plague has been a cap in a capsule and it comes back in Glasgow twenty twenty two because of constant <laughs> tours. Um fuck man. That's mental. It looks like the type of place that would put on a shit show. Yeah. Which is a shame. Cause if they had a budget, it could be Why are they no renovating that and turning it into an actual fucking theatre? I know. Cause like the pavilion's historic. You go into that place and you're like awestruck when you're in it. You're like, fuck man, Billy Connolly's played on that stage and Lauren Hardy, I think, had been on the fucking pavilion stage as well, but like Francine Josie had made it famous and all this sort of stuff. I've also gigged there. Have you? With the wrestling though. Grado's family friendly wrestling event. What did you do in that? Um, he said... Is that a cameo? Aye. So, mad fucking Grado, daft as a brush, was like, ah, I'm doing this family wrestling event, mate. Is it cool if you come and be Bobby? And I was, I had a beard at the time, big massive beard, and it was nice and fucking trimmed and all that. I was like, mate, I don't really want to shave my beard. And he's like, it's cool, just dress up as Bobby and you can still keep your beard. I turn up and I'm like, where's my my Bobby stuff? And he's like, I've no got it. I was like, what do you mean you've no got it, mate? Like, Would you nobody... expect you to bring it? Aye. <laughs> so I'm like, I've got a beard. I've got my contact lenses in. Nobody will know who I'm or. And uh, because I did a wee bit of the training, wrestling training, I can take a bump. Right. But, you know, I've no trained in years. Mm -hmm. And I've no took a bump in years. So he had his up. He basically got his dad's jacket, right? Which was an old school, like, Liam Gallagher fucking hoodie thing, right? That looked nothing like Bobby's jacket. I stuck that on and it was, like, tent material. Uh, dead slippy. And I went in the ring and there was this wrestler. Can you remember the guy's name? He was about 30 stone, right? Massive. And I took a bump. But see, because I never had a chance to date any rehearsals, I missed a call for something. And the guy, the wrestler guy was like, ah, I'll just chuck you at the ring to fix the situation. Uh -huh. I don't know what a call is. So basically what it was is Mark Dallas is getting wide. I jump in. Everybody's like, Bobby for Scott Squad. I take a bump half a wrestler. And then when I take a bump, I was supposed to roll at the ring. Right. But I didn't roll at the ring. Right. So the guy's done that. You've missed rolling at the ring. I'll just pick you up and I'll just chuck you at the ring. Mm -hmm. I said, no bother. No, 30 stone. Guy's built like a brick shit house. Uh -huh. He picks us up like I'm fucking nothing, right? And he chucks us at the ring. But see, because my jacket is like tenty, slippy material, uh -huh. I do that right out the fucking ring. Like like right. I'm, like I'm on a fucking bod, bobsleigh. Right. And I land right on my head. Off, like flat on my head and the crowd was like ah, <gasps> gasped and I, I fit it I put it into the the thing I, I dealt with it well but I was gigging that night in East Kilbride I was doing a solo show and I got to East Kilbride mm -hmm. and I was just like I don't feel right something doesn't feel right and I spewed concussion I, concussion right. wow so he's no asking me back right 
But there was a fiver, a change in the jacket pocket, and I kept Fucking it. Fucking yes, man. That's that's a win. Yeah. Concussed, but change. Aye, he's like, you can take a bump, can't you? I was like, aye, four years ago, mate. Well, he's like, we'll just got a suplex and then throw you on the top rope. <laughs> what? All right, anyway. <laughs> No trained oh, in fucking years. That's crazy, man. I've got a, I've got a concussion story that horrifies people a wee bit. Um, Please share. So I was doing my papers. I think I'm about 15. And I used to do my papers on my bike, um, which I stole. Literally stole a bike. But <laughs> fuck it. We used to go around and fucking steal fat woggles out of people's back gardens. There was a bike there one time. Well, I'm having that fucking bike. Um, as a wee, wee Ned. But anyway... Um, the a guy clipped my back tire. He was like beating the horn. I was on, do you know Edinburgh Road at Cran Hill? Yes. Just like a sort of dual carriageway. I was on like the far left hand side, and I used to go up Edinburgh Road to go into Cran Hill and do the boatmen to Cran Hill with my paper round. And a guy was like bumping his fucking horn at me, and I was like waving him around me, like grinning me. And he fucking pulled alongside me, and then sort of like clipped my bike. And I came off my bike, like, the bike came away from underneath me, and I went backwards, and I fucking smacked my head off the kerb. And I was like, fuck it, it took me half an hour to compose myself. Like, I was, like, out cold for a bit. I like, woke up and was, like, lying there. And fucking cars and everything going by, nobody was fucking stopping. It was just Scumbags, a, I know, man. I was just a heap at the side of the fucking road. But um, I got up, finished my paper run, I went home. I had my breakfast. I was watching the big breakfast with Kelly Brook and Johnny Vaughn and somebody said something and I thought, I've seen this before. I had like this weird feeling of deja vu and then I just projectile vomited all my, my bedroom and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? It's not got a fucking scooby-doo that concussion's an actual fucking thing. I went through, my mom had went to work and my dad was pure, what's up with you? And I was like, oh, I came off my bike and I didn't want to tell my dad that some cunt had clipped my motor because my dad would have literally get bladed up and <laughs> they'd have been stoning in rush hour traffic, <laughs> like fucking pointing them out, like when they're driving by or whatever. And um, so I was like, I came off my bike and I banged my head and he was like, just go to your bed. Which I don't know if you know, is like the worst thing. Uh, you go into a coma and I woke up. So I went to my bed. And I woke up with smelling salts. Like the ambulance was there. And Holy fuck, mate. My dad was trying to wake me up and slap my face and pouring water on me. I wouldn't wake up. Chalk white, covered in sweat, covered in puke. Um, gone. Like, my dad was like, what the fuck? Phoned an ambulance and they came and they told him. Like, he came off his bike, he bumped his head and the guy was like... As I came to, my first memory is hearing the paramedic like shout at my dad basically like why the fuck would you tell him to go to fucking sleep my dad was just like i don't know yeah i just didn't know I just thought take a day off school go to your bed you're clearly no well mm -hmm. um i fucking woke me up with smelling salts man mate that is fucking mental know, what mate. age were you again 15 that's insane i know mate it's crazy, what, what was smelling salts like don't really remember like I said, remember, like, I just remember sort of like, <gasps> like that sort of feeling of like, what the fuck is going on, delirium, and then slowly but surely things started to make sense, and then I could hear the guy out in the hall with my dad basically, like, you could have fucking killed him there. Like, That's mental, mate. What the fuck? Why are you telling him to go to sleep? My dad was just like, I don't, I didn't know, mate. Like, I genuinely didn't know, and the guy was like, well, look, see if anybody ever bumps their head, don't tell them to go to sleep. Like, mm -hmm. um, could, I think he said... Can potentially slip into a coma. 
So to be fair to your dad, though, there was no smartphones and all that back then. Uh, no, if something like that happens, you just Google you it. You Google it? Aye. Aye, mate. If I'm 15, aye, it's like fucking... 1998, 1999, 2000, somewhere around about that fucking kid. Fuck. Figuring it out. That is mental, mate. But I, mate, I used to listen to uh, movies in my papers. Aye? Aye, I had Ace Ventura, I had Eddie Murphy Raw, and I had um, Billy Madison. Well, I used to take the phonos out of the, v- the VCR, but the fucking video player. And um, put it into my stereo and record them onto audio and go around with them playing in my ear when I was doing my papers. Brilliant. It was fucking excellent, mate. Billy Madison, good choice. See that song at the end? What is it again? The, the, they did a big musical number at the end of Billy Madison. I, I, I could probably, if I really sat down and thought about it, I could probably recite it to you because I've listened to it so many times, just Aye. going run and run and run and run and run doing my papers. Chris Farley stole the show in that, I think. Fucking. The bus driver. No shouting on the bus! <laughs> Aye. I remember the first time I watched that, see when his face went red. Uh-huh. That ignited something in me. A comedy thing in me. I was like, this is unbelievable. You've got a good red face for like that type of Aye. thing. Aye. That's what I'm talking about, mate. You're, that is your thing, man. Like, I think that is your thing. Like, Chris Farley had that thing where it's just expressive. Oh, thank you. And that's what I'm talking about earlier with the Robin Williams thing. When I seen that sort of photo of you, it's like, I was like fucking Robin Williams, he's Popeye, man. That's get that sort of like expression. Have you seen the Chris Farley? I don't know what, what it is, but he's doing an interview. Is it David Letterman? And yes, I've seen and most he comes of in and puts a guy into the dumpster. Yes. <laughs> Mate, how funny is that? And he doesn't say anything. He just runs into the room and he's like a fucking hurricane. Yeah. And then just grabs that guy, drags him outside and throws him into the fucking bin. How he can do cartwheels and all that as well and be so light on his feet is just so impressive. Aye, There's always a Saturday Night Live sketch that I could... God, I remember during lockdown I tweeted, I was like, please somebody help me find this. It was a Saturday Night Live sketch where Bill Murray, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler and they were in a ballet class and Bill Murray was the the teacher mm-hmm. and there was a bit in it when chris farley right at the start he does this ballerina spin and he falls flat on his face and it get imprinted into my brain when i was a kid and i always remembered it and i could never find it and it, it was funny as fuck i found it somebody sent me it during lockdown and it was hilarious like it was so loud the stage actually shook and other the other actors were like you could see they were like what the fuck mm-hmm. just happened it was like he was trying to make them corpse mm-hmm. but i the guy's hilarious man ah uh, tommy boy black sheep american ninja no beverly hills, beverly ninja. hills ninja funny have as you fuck. so you were talking about like that's just done now mate so we can wrap after this if you yes. look at nothing else have you ever watched american ninja what the the know the chris farley one no. the other one do you know i've got it in my watch list mate i watched it when i was a wee guy <laughs> and i cannot remember anything about right. it. it it's one it's like that um basket case it's horrifically bad <laughs> you should watch it it's so terrible man it's like pure 80s dude it's fucking nut and he's a ninja in america it's like 
so bad, mate. He kind of looks like the guy out of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He does, mate. I've never thought about that. Aye. Aye. A wee bit like Robocop, Murphy, the first Robocop as well. And plus there's like five. But American Ninjas? Aye. I think there's more than that, mate. Wow. Aye. I think there's like seven of the fuckers. Like the Police Academy movies. It's never ending. Towards the end, he's not even fighting ninjas. It's just like people in the Congo and all that. Like, What's this got to do with ninjas? <laughs> he's not even a ninja. He's just a dude. Like American Ninja 5, not a ninja. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work. I'll work my way through that. But I, that's us done the, done the hour. Um, a lot of people are getting in touch with me about the calorie counting as well. Calorie Counting Kings, did you like that? Yes. Last week? It was very good. I liked it. Um, I, I love the fact that I trust you in naming the podcast. Mm-hmm. Very, very good names. I hate it every week, but I sit and I go, oh, what? I don't know what to fucking call this. And then I go, oh, I'll just call it that. And then when I write it out, I'm like, that's really good. I hate it. It's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure, but you're doing well. One of the... One of, the UK's hit podcast, hit comedy podcast, and I need to fucking come up with the title. I think we're starting a cult. If you ever need help with naming the title, just tell me. We could do a Beverly Hills Ninja, American Ninja, Glasgow kind of thing. Mm. Spr- what were you for? Kirk and Talk Ninja. <laughs> Springburn. Springburn Ninja. <laughs> Carntine Ninja. I, a lot of people are getting in touch with us and asking us about the calorie counting. And I'm like, eh, can you just buy a ticket for my gig, you fucking slob? And I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> we're influencers now, mate. You horrific fucking slob. I was kidding on. I'm shitting on my fan base there. Or tennis. Hey, baby. Uh, how, do you always calorie count? What, what do you mean? Every day? Aye. Absolutely, mate. Even if I'm having treats. Yeah. I don't want to go mental. You know what I mean? I've done that in the past where you're like, oh, I'll have a day off. And you consume like 10,000 calories and it's just like, I feel fucking horrific. I feel like I'm going to be sick. Yeah. So no, I add it every day. I so do that, a thing called calorie cycling. I've never heard of that. So like, I've, I think I've spoke about it before. I'll take, so say for instance, I, like my deficit is 2,500 calories, right? I think sometimes I go down to 2,000, but anyway, 3,000 is my maintenance. So I take 500 off. I'm trying to put a bit of weight on, go to the gym, I put 500 on. I think that's a good rule of thumb. So say 2,500, I just make my week that as an average. So like on a Monday, I'll maybe have 3,500 calories, but then on a Tuesday, I'll have 2,000. And then on a Wednesday, I'll have another 2,000. And then I'm at that average. And then on a Saturday, I'll maybe have a couple of pints and have like 3,000 calories. But as long as my weekly average, so I add up my total calories and then I divide it by seven, as long as that is 2,500 and I'm in a deficit, then you can do that. That is fascinating, man. Because you can go to a restaurant, you can have like cheesecake, or you can eat what you like, basically, and that. So as long as you make it up. That's like cool. Another day. So it's called calorie cycling. Calorie cycling. I'm yeah. going to take a note of that. Because I know that you get, is that like calorie banking? Yeah, aye. But aye. basically like you're cycling, you're, so as long as you're average, you know, uh-huh. like you could have a mad blowout and consume like 5,000 calories on a Wednesday night, as long as over the course of the seven days, the average is my deficit, then I'm happy with that. Amazing. So let me ask you a question then, right? Okay. Say that you're hospitalized and you cannot move from the chin down. I'm talking about Uma Furman and fucking Kill Bill mm-hmm. coma, right? And you're on a, sp- probably a terrible example I just used. 
and you're on a specific daily calorie allowance right that's a terrible example i've just ruined the fucking whole thing say that you're on a a number (laughs) (laughs) where are we going with this say that you're on a number right Mm -hmm. and you're on a deficit and you cannot move will you still lose weight if you're on a deficit if you're not moving you're only burning a small amount of calories but as long as you're in a deficit technically i you will lose weight it's the laws of thermodynamics well that right that was a bad example but say like you're on say you you're 2000 calories a day and you just walk from the studio to your house and to the shops and stuff uh-huh. then i ask that in the form of a question please <laughs> oh, so sorry. if i don't do I, a lot I, of activity if Caesar. i let my activity go down what you're, is that what you're saying? So yeah. if I have a day where I don't go to the gym, I don't get my steps in. No, no, you don't go to the gym at all. Right. Then my maintenance would come down because my maintenance is calculated based on my activity level. I go yeah. to the gym five times a week and I walk 10,000 steps a day. All right. Okay. So that's why my maintenance is 3,000. That's why it's that high. Plus I'm 6'5 and 100 kilo. Yeah. So that I put all of that into a calculator on the internet and it tells me here's your maintenance right okay right so if my activity goes down like if i'm if i'm on holiday and i'm sitting by the pool all day then my maintenance calories would come down but what amount i don't know i would need to go in and look at and put low activity level into this calculator you want me to do it for you yes basically that was that question was a long way for a shortcut to say how can i lose weight and not move <laughs> uh you would need to consume <laughs> less calories right so little to no exercise if i change that right in the calculator my maintenance calories goes down to 2300 so here's an interesting piece of uh something for you to think about they monitored a world champion chess player who sat for i think like three or four hours playing chess no moving at all burnt 6,000 calories and it's because of the fucking amount of fucking cognitive activity that are going through while they're playing chess wow so your brain burns calories dude so that's why it only comes down by a small amount it doesn't come down by you think like if i put in five days a week exercise 45 days a week intense exercise which is what i do it comes up with a number of 2,989 calories being my maintenance. That's what I'd consume. I wouldn't gain or lose weight. But if I take that down to no exercise at all, well, it goes down to 2,400. Not a lot. Yeah. But it's because you're fucking just sitting still, being awake, your body consume Digesting food, your body consume like spends calories digesting the food that you eat. That's, that's fascinating. It really is, mate. And it's a fucking science. Yeah. And see, to be honest... There's guys on YouTube that have got it down to a fucking a fine art of being yeah. able to like increase and decrease their calories and stuff like that. I'm not that strict with it. I just go off a generic calculator on the internet and it seems to work for me, mate. Well, if you're ever watching any of that stuff and you're bored, feel free to send it. I've been going for 54 days now, calorie counting, mm-hmm. and I've been between 2,000 to 2,200. Mm-hmm. I've not went over and I've just walked. Good. I've not been to the gym. My fucking banger is that size, man. Throbbing, mate. 
I probably need to go to a hospital, to be honest. (laughs) 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 I've had some type of allergic reaction. Right, so that's us done over an hour now. Are you cool with wrapping up? Absolutely. A wee quick thing to say to everybody. We are getting amazing online reviews from Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you've not listened, if you listen to the podcast and you haven't reviewed, can you please chuck us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? It would mean a lot. Um, As always, if you enjoy it, if you could share it online, retweet it, share it to your mates and WhatsApp groups, that would be appreciated. I'm at the Stan Comedy Club on Sunday. Paul will be there as well. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 8pm. It's only £8 a ticket. You won't get a better night of comedy than that. It's brilliant. A good wee Sunday fucking gig. Come and support live comedy. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. That is episode 40. Thank you very much to the Zen Den for sponsoring uh, the podcast again. And if you run a business or you would like sponsorship, then get in touch. I need a pee. I've just drank nearly two litres of water. Thank you very much, everybody. God bless, man. Know what I mean? God bless.